Welcome to episode 844 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Rightio, team, welcome along to episode 844 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James. Oh, the injured man is next to me. Oh, mate, tell you what. Too much work on his wrist? Too, too much work <laughs> on my left wrist. Oh, well, right that's strange. Uh, yeah, a bit broken. But hey, we're going to talk about triathlon for now. So, Did your calf as well? How'd you do your calf? Calf's just a bit of, uh, probably stems from the mountain biking as well. So here's, here's today's coaching tip. Mountain biking for triathletes, just be careful, <laughs> be sensible. You know what I think is really interesting with that is the one thing I've learned as I hit my mid-40s is you can't jump load. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that when you think about, you know, when you think about progression of loading, when you're young, as long as you've got a base, good base fitness, yeah. you can't, you, can, you know, like I remember going from doing nothing to doing smashing out a half marathon. Now, I was sore mm. for a few days afterwards, but, you know, I hadn't been doing any running for like three months. There's no way I try to do that now, mm. you know, and even as I go back to any kind of running or adding a level of intensity back to training, I just don't try to jump load anymore. I mm. don't try to go two steps ahead. I just allow myself because, unfortunately, as you age, your body just changes a little bit, doesn't it? It does. Hey, box on. Box tell on. You what, one thing with Epic Camp, which is coming up on th- Friday. Yeah, it's a good time to get injured. Uh, it is a bad time to get injured, but it, I, I, all I need, honestly, a couple of long bike rides that'll iron everything out, a couple of 150Ks in the belt, I'll be sweet as. By Friday? Well, well, no, on the start of the camp, that's the, the problem is I have to run on the first couple of days. <laughs> but once we get into those big hundred milers, we'll be we'll be all good. We'll be how far are you? How far are you running on the first few days? Eight k on the first day. Okay, it's manageable. And then what are we doing the second day? Second day, I can't remember off the top of my head. All right, second k is about ten k's. So because you're going into it injured, and I, you're, we were talking before the show, and you were saying there's a couple of runs you really want to do, mm. which are later on in the camp. Do you run walk that, those runs just... I'll be sensible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, trying to save yourself. Okay, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Uh, form. Get the most accurate real-time metrics, hundreds of guided workouts, and lap-by-lap motivation. Check them out at formswim.com. Use the promo code IM15. And our awesome patrons... You go first, Jombo. Eric Stelvio Fritti. What's Stelvio? Stelvio is uh, one of the most famous passes in... Uh, Italy, I've oh, been up there, Stelvio Pass, always snow on the top. What's your favourite pass of all the passes? Because you've done quite a few. Mm. Uh, I do like the Col de Tourmalet, which is the longest. This one we did, biggest, wasn't it? Yeah, big, big one in the that Alps. That's pretty cool. But then a lot of the little quiet ones are quite nice too. It's pretty cool because what's over there is you can just go from one to the next, can't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, Matt, it's two hard Evans. And Grant, the spy Petrie. And this week's show, we'll go, it's a bit of a different show. It's a bit old school today because we've got some news. We've got Hot Topic of the Week. Age group of the week, a high five, a wanger of the week, and questions and answers. Someone did some research for us. Did they? You'll find out. Later okay, on. and we've got a prize draw for our patrons. Profile design, set of uh, beautiful looking wheels, disc wheels, going to one of our patrons today. So if you're a patron, make sure you listen up to the end of the show. Okay, we had a few results happen over the weekend. We had a few halves happen. Any of any of note, John? 
Uh, nothing major. I mean, all our big <coughs> Kona players are sort of resting post-race and also a lot of the athletes, uh, the 70.3 specialists, will be sort of getting ready for 70.3 Worlds. But we did have a 70.3 in Waco, AUADA, former ITU um, big hitter. She took that out along with Trevor Foley on the boys' side. So pretty. Andy Potts, who was comment, you will remember, was commentating yeah. at the weekend or Couple last weekend in Kona, finished third, five minutes down. It's still going strong. That's only two minutes down on Justin Metzler. Justin Metzler's won some some pretty decent races. Forty five years old. Yeah, that's solid. Potts so is a good. Potts is one of the good guys of the sport, eh? He can talk the talk and he can walk the walk. Always a nice guy. Yeah, he beat guys there like uh, Matt Sharp, who's won races earlier this year. Uh, so he beat some some good athletes. So uh, we had Challenge um, Mayorka. Imogene Simons took that out uh, along with Jonathan Wayfair. He was only had a victory by thirty one seconds, and then it. To seventy point three Kakes, uh, okay. which we had Marta Bernardi and Mino Kulas. He only took that up by fifteen seconds. We do have a few Ironmans on. Was this last weekend? Or was this weekend uh, this coming is, up? This is weekend coming okay, up. Okay, but they are. Oh no, only, sorry, it was last weekend. Okay, so these are age group only. So they had an Ironman at Kakax. Yes, which is in Portugal, and holy shit balls, Bevan. Holy shit balls. The times. <laughs> For age groupers? For age groupers. Okay, First place, ran a 2.53. Jeez. For an 8.28.43. Lars Lombard. Eight what? 8.28.43. As an age grouper? Yep. Won by 10 minutes. And Which is really funny because you kind of hear, you think back 10, 15 years ago, you'd oh, say. crap. But the third place, sorry to interrupt, Bevan. Right. 2.42. Jeez. But, you know, you get, we go back 15 years ago and 8.20, you know, you're winning most oh, time, a lot of Ironman around the world. But you've got to admit, you also forget that you know top guys are now going seven thirties, seven forties. So it is still that kind of forty minute mark off the top pros. But nice work. I'm doing a quick uh, distance check here because uh, you don't believe I want, it, give, do you? I want to give some love if that's accurate. I know one of our patrons, uh, George Gray, was over there racing, so I'm going on oh, his Strava okay. to see what distance he recorded to see how legit those times really are. He got. On the bike, 177.57 kilometres, and he got 41.8 on the run, so that's within our margin of error. That's within 400 metres. Yep. Give that to them. That's great Holy work. Holy crap, that is fast. What age group is that dude in? 742. I mean, t- sorry, 242. He's in the 30, 34 age group. That's sensational. What happened uh, on the female race? Um, oh, sorry, I'm just a bit captivated by this... Uh, by these bloody mail times, like crikey dick. Uh, on the female side of things, we had. Do, 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 wait for it, wait for yeah, it. Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, Florian Ginan from France. She took that out. She went sub 10. We had two sub 10s, 8, 955, 958.55, and she won by about a minute 21. That's so, good. very impressive times. Yeah, I've closed my exercise ring for the day. Um, we also had Ironman Waco, which was... There. So they're obviously doing 70.3 pro races on the day yes. and doing age group Ironman races, which is a good way. Do, do you like that? Uh, it's good. However, the numbers in Waco were, were really down. They oh, didn't, really? They didn't have big finishes. And the times um, here, we've got the complete opposite. Don't know too much about the Waco course, so apologies uh, for people that did race, but Sheen Barriers took it out in 9.51. Wow. Wowzers. Well, well, if we look at this, the pro race in a 70.3, I imagine it's similar. He was in the 40-44 age group. Yeah. You know, like I imagine, like, so if we look at the pro race result in a 70.3, 345. Mm. So 
Not electric. No, but not, not 9.45 yeah. for an age group to win. Anyway, he uh, took this out. He was in the 40-44 age group. Swam 104, biked to 4.58, ran a 3.36. And so my was. guess, not knowing anything about this race, was that it was crazy hot on the run. Okay. That's just a guess. Though. And also not a big age group field. No, when I looked at my phone yesterday. Uh, right, carry on, Ben. Tell us something about uh, interesting Okay, coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman California. It's an age group only race after last year's cancellation. We were going to remember we, last year we were going to have the Gustav Eden versus Fredino. That would have been awesome. You may I'm, not ever see it now. You know what? That's a really good point. <laughs> because Eden said he's not racing in Kona next year, highly unlikely. 70.3 next year? Well, it's not the same. We want to see them. But Fredino, I get the feeling, unofficially, Fredino, if you listen to his Kona interviews, he's kind of basically saying next year's Kona is his last shot. Oh, yeah. So do you think then he'll go on to do Taupo afterwards? Or Taupo afterwards? Fredino? For 70.3 world nah, champs? Nah, no. All he cares about is Kona. So, so realistically, there's a high chance we'll never see them race no, again. No, very high. Have they ever raced before? No. Well, not... Uh, uh, well, they've done Collins Cup, I suppose, but um, not a, not a, nothing sort of head-to-head. Yeah, so Ch- uh, Waco is saying here on the men's side, uh, there's only 311 wow. finishes in the Ironman. Uh, so that's interesting. And can you see the females? Yeah, that was even less when I looked Which is, you normally say, well, it's about a third of the field, so you're yep. probably going to say another 100. Uh, let's see. 69. Wow! However, so that's, you know, this is, this is the benefit. And did they have a 70.3 age group race as well? Uh, they must have done. Yeah, they must have done. I wonder what the most the, the minimal viable number for a race is for an Ironman. You know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. like oh, what, it's got to be at least a thousand. You think? Yeah, okay. at least. Um, well, if that was only an Ironman, that race would be dead. It would, mm. but this is the advantage of having seventy point three. Yeah, so I guess yeah. It gives us more more opportunities to do and, races. And Challenge kind of led the way with that, didn't they? Because mm. for years, Ironman were kind of like, Ironmans and Ironman seventy point three to seventy point three. And challenge were the first to kind of mix them all up. And hey, if it gets races gone, can't yeah, complain. And the males in the 70.3 looks like they had about 910. So, uh, yeah, overall, they probably would have had yeah, 1500. You know, 1500 to 2000. Yep. Okay. So, uh, that's Ironman California's coming up. It's good luck to all the people racing that. Any other events, John? We have got the Great Floridian, which is still rolling, which is awesome. The Great Floridian is Florida's original full distance triathlon and its longest running independent, non Ironman or challenge licensed full distance triathlon in the world over the years that uh, has attracted participants from all 50 states and more than 30 countries so I love promoting uh, any sort of non-branded races and I urge people to go out there and support them especially if you've had a guts full of all the things that people moan and groan about drafting too many people Iron Man stealing everybody's money go and check out some non-branded races go to k226.com they've got the majority of them listed there and go find a different race to do good stuff you're going to be away for the next couple of weeks but the world 70.3 championships are happening we are going with the two-day format again on friday the female on saturday the sun the males it looks like it's gonna be a great course it is we've seen 70.3 worlds there last year we've seen the we saw the obviously Ironman champs there earlier this year. We've seen the North American champs there. It's a cool, cool course. It's a cool, just the vista makes for some spectacular viewing from a spectator's point of view. Good challenging course, honest test. Um, the challenge this year is going to be who's who, going to be who rocks up. Yeah. Um, when they did the press conference for the men post race, they had the top six. This is in Hawaii, and Greg Welsh sort of just off the cuff said, "Okay, who's going to seventy point three worlds?" Started with the Sebastian Kinlay. No, I'm not going. <laughs> went to Joe Skipper. No, I haven't qualified. Went to oh, Skipper hasn't qualified. Well, he hasn't done seventy point threes probably. 
and then went to Max Laidlow. Uh, no, not Max Laidlow. Um, Max Newman. So no, haven't qualified. Racing Noosa. Went to Laidlow. No, haven't qualified. Oh, wow. Uh, and so then it basically just came down to Blumenfeld and Eden, who both said they are going. But we will have, it'll be a good field, but it's just going to be lacking a few people. But uh, is it going to be a two-horse race? Uh, well, n- I, would, I would definitely said not normally, because you'd just think, right, the Norwegians are going to kill this. Yeah. But they might be a little bit tired after going there. They probably won't be, but they might be. So that's a chink in It's been a big armor. year for those guys. Oh, yeah. They've done a lot of big racing, haven't they? Yeah. You know, like it's been... So Blumenfeld's done, you know, sub, sub seven. Yep. He's done... Two, two championships. George, done Hawaii. Done, you know... Um, Collins, Collins Cup. Collins Cup. So, yeah. And he's done any of the championship races? Uh, he's done a few other races. He's done... done no, the, 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 um, the PTO. WTS. Uh, yeah, they did the first one, didn't they? Because yeah. he cramped, uh, That's cramped right. in that yep. one. It was Canadian. So, yeah, look, we wouldn't be surprised for those two to dominate, but at the same time, this is other people's opportunity. And you have got some athletes that will have been specialising for this race, Sam Long being one of them. Then you've got the guys that did bomb out in Kona and probably won't be quite as smoked, people like Beckengard, Lionel Sanders, if they're racing. I haven't seen a start list. Uh, and then you've got the guys that do focus on the 70.3. So I think we'll see a few surprises. Um, equally on the women's side of it, don't really know who's going to be rocking up. Flora Duffy did get a wild card slot and she seemed to accept it, which is going to be interesting because it's a week before Bermuda World Triathlon Series. <coughs> and clearly she's going to want to do very well there. Uh, so I assume she's, hope, hope and assume she's still racing, but it's going to take a little dent out of her. Ashley Gentle was not racing. She's gone back to Australia and I think she's doing Noosa as well and maybe getting married. Uh, Paula Finlay um, is likely to be there. So we should see a really good race. But it's in, yeah, who knows what people like Lucy Charles and Daniela Reef and stuff are doing. But um, yeah, just hope we get a really good field. Florida Bit Duffy's of an odd 35 right now. Sorry? 35 Florida Duffy. Is she yeah. comp- comp- like the next Olympics? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. But, you know, she is still absolutely smoking it as we've seen um, but you know a couple more years be a bit of a struggle wouldn't be surprised to see her rock up whether or not she's winning or not it's a different story will we see her at Ironman uh, I really hope so she, yeah although she's not living it's up gonna, to like it's going to happen now if she's going to make that transition isn't it yeah she's not quite living up to my expectations the half Ironman here which mm. is disappointing because I thought she would absolutely yeah, 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 annihilate yeah. everybody it's always really fascinating you know we've talked about this a lot of the years but that kind of who actually transitions from short course to long course is a mystery, isn't it? Mm. There have been some people who have done it. You know, Fredino is the, the ultimate example. Mm. Um, but there's been a lot of guys who you thought coming across. Like there's, there's the short course guys who don't have the skills and you kind of think, mm. oh, they're not going to make it. Not, not strong bikers. Yeah. But then there's some guys you think, mate, they're going to rock the sport and mm. just never happened, eh? It's true. Yeah. So it is a different game. Uh, okay. John's short course update. We've got the f- update. We've got the final round of the Super League. It's happening on the 29th of October in Neom. So I, I got went down a rabbit warren yesterday, Bev, and I was okay. I was trying to find out something about Neom. So if people don't know it. much it's about TV it, TV channel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a place in Saudi that they're building up to be this mega. Is it literally city. where they had nothing and they just start building a city? Yeah, and like they're building a billions upon billions upon billions green city. It's just it's like bloody going to Star Trek or something like that. It's just astronomical what really? they're doing there. However, yesterday, I was I was thought, oh, they're getting this Super League race there, and it's going to be part of the Neon Beach Games, um, and they're going to have a couple other sports. I think they've got kite surfing, and they've got um, three-on-three three three basketball or something like that, you know, a few little random sports, which is a cool idea. That's actually what happened with 
where Super League sort of morphed from was they used to do that in Australia with the the Grand Prix. They used to have, you know, like the triathlon version of Super League. They'd have, uh, they'd put a swimming pool down, they'd do beach volleyball, they'd do surf lifesaving, and it was just massive carnival events. It was really, really cool. Uh, So I guess that's what they're trying to do here. But I was trying to find out some updates on this neon place yesterday, and I was really struggling. You know, you, every everything, every link you went down, you were just seeing the city of the future and what it's going to look like further down the track. But I couldn't actually find out what it looks like now. What it looks like now. I found some footage, and it basically looked like workers' barracks built all over the place. Okay. It's the infrastructure and the re- the requirement of manpower is just gigantic. That's what it looked like to me. I might be completely wrong. But it looked like to me there were lots of workers living there, just slaving away, and that was about it. Uh, it looked like it is, yeah, it is starting to pick up. But my my issue is the Super League races. What makes them really really cool is the spectators. I watched the Toulouse one yeah. um, last week. Yeah, it just has that real kind of feel, doesn't it? And even though the racing wasn't that amazing because Hayden Wild was kind of just crushing it, um, the course was really cool. It just had you know it was going through these little side streets. The crowds were there, and so it had some real buzz to it. My fear with this race is they're going to go there, and even if the racing's fantastic, it'll be a bit like um, the Collins Cup. They're running along, there's like nobody there. Mm. Uh, so that's my fear. Hayden Wild is in line. I think I saw a post there. If he wins, uh, he could win about $185,000 in terms of all the bonuses from the team stuff. Just for, just for the bonus stuff? No, for, all for up, his whole for, year. For the, for, the, for the series. Jeez, for, that's for, right, isn't for it? For doing... What four four races, four or five races? Because um, he's going to be in the, probably be in the winning team. And he's kind of like I know Alex. He's come and go from the racing. He's kind of been the best oh, guy there. Absolutely crushed it. Yeah, he hasn't really had much. Uh, well, no, he's had a little bit of competition from um, Matt Hauser, but yeah, he's just the the dominant one. He had one bad race. The rest he's been been pretty uh, been pretty awesome. How so, does Super, is there ever a world where Super League gets the best guys all the time? Uh, I don't really see it happening unless it's integrated into the World Triathlon Series, which yeah. I would love to see. Yeah. Um, do you think so that? Do you think that could kind of um, could work with both organisations, or do you think probably not? No. Do you think World <laughs> Triathlon just has to do their own thing, which is basically a, a copy of Super League? Yeah, I mean they haven't got a trademark or anything on on this, and no. they had, they did try it. La- uh, was it last season or this season where they did do sort of an elimination format? It didn't come across the same no, as Super League. Yeah, it wasn't remember, as yeah, exciting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the future is for the Super League. I do think it's the future of triathlon, as that's their hashtag. Uh, and I think well, it's the best way to watch triathlon at the yeah, moment. If you if you hit the greatest fields, and that's what you want at the Olympics. So you want something that's spe- spectator friendly. Well, that's what the IOC want. It's not necessarily what the athletes and what the purists want. But I don't know. It's just fizzling a little bit for me. And, and why is it fizzling? Just because uh, the fields aren't great. The fields aren't great. Yep. And. I almost think they should go to like an iron tour format where you have a week of racing and you just go back to back every day. But it's just so How could hard. you do that? Well, you, you know, if on the athletes' bodies. They used to. <laughs> um, yeah, but were they racing as much? Oh, I suppose they were back no. in those. And, that, and that's a, this, this is where it all stems back to. The reason they're not getting the massive fields is there's good money on offer, but it's just the load on the athletes. You know, they yeah. want to focus on the World Triathlon Series as well and amongst other things. And uh, Do yeah, we see a world, on. you know, one thing we're seeing in cricket, 
recently. So for the, for those international listeners who don't know much about cricket, cricket traditionally was there was kind of one format for a longest time, which was five day cricket, and then in like the seventies they brought out one day cricket. Mm. In the last 15, 20 years we had twenty twenty, which is kind of like a really short, entertaining version of the game, and all the money's gone to twenty twenty, and all these kind of traditionally the sport was based around international games. So every country would have their kind of local domestic league, and then the international game was the big thing, and then professional leagues have come out in the last 10, 15 years and these are kind of you know big leagues that are kind of not really based on nationalities they're kind of you know they'll draft players and stuff like that which most mm. sports will do now what we're tending to find happening at the moment is like Trent Bolt who's one of New Zealand's greatest bowlers of all time has basically quit the New Zealand team he'll play for them sometimes mm. but he's basically going to 2020 because he makes way more money mm. Do we see a world where maybe if Super League could get to next level of prize money, where the prize money was actually ridiculous, where people go, actually, that is my key season and I'll do enough world triathlon races just to get points? Well, you look at golf and that's the example. Like, Not everybody's jumped shit for the money, have they, no. in terms of going to the... To but the could you do that? Like, how many races would you have to... Because you know, obviously the, the golden ticket is the Olympics. Yeah, and I think that's good as draw card. I don't think no. But could you do three years of not doing any world triathlon, turn up in the Olympic year and get enough points to... Uh, some countries, like if you're a Kiwi, you probably could if you're Hayden Wild because there's no, not a great deal of competition for the yeah. team. But if you're in a, the American team, or you're, especially if you're an American female or a Great Britain, um, Great British female, that competition's pretty hot. And what we have seen with the Super League athletes that have been coming and doing the races and doing quite well, when they've tried to go back to the um, <coughs> WTS Olympic distance, they haven't done oh, really? especially well. Um, but Why we'll, is we'll that? See. I'm not quite sure. But they're not the greatest field, are they? <coughs> no. So, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, let's say, let's say, that in a world where, let's say, Super League could pay a five, you know, could make five million a year. Mm. You know, the top guy makes five mm. mil. You know, which is uh, three times above any, or four, four, you know, way Million. above anyone's getting right now. Mm. And it was a three month season. Mm. You know, twelve weeks, twelve weekends of racing, whatever. You know, would would some athletes go? Okay, well, I'm going to focus on that and do enough world triathlon. To get to the Olympics. Well, that, and that's what I guess if we look at the, the long course in a way is will athletes do PTO races only and just tick that box to get to Kona. So yeah, I and, I, th- and I think that's what's going to happen. Mm. You know, I think you're already starting to see that because even with some of the interviews we've done recently with pros, they're kind of saying actually PTO is kind of more my priority right now. Mm. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, I guess my, in a perfect world, what I would love to see is um, is a combining of World Triathlon and Super League and you have a, a series that's dynamic You've got some sprint races, you've got some Olympic races, you've got some Super League races, and you get the best all-round athlete at the end of the season who actually wins the series, and maybe even throw in a bloody a time trial event in there, like a super sprint time trial. Just do some different things, because, um, yeah, whilst it's it's really easy to be critical, like I say, oh, Super League's maybe fizzling a little bit for me, um, but so is World Triathlon, when they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And it's a pretty um, boring product, isn't it? Yeah, i just like to see some variety, so you get different athletes rocking up for different events. It might be the young guys just smoke it at the Super League format and then they might struggle a bit more at the Olympic distance. And I think I think the athletes would enjoy having that variety and, and not having to pick and choose quite so much. Because ultimately, I imagine, you know, they probably want to do, you know, six to ten quality races in a in a long season. And then they'll have some fillers in there as well. But it's um it's hard when you've got to pick and choose. How many races would have Hayden Wild done this year? Because he's done all Super Leagues. He did the yeah. Collins Cup. Yeah. Um, he would have done World Triathlon Series. World tri- he hasn't done all of them. And then he will have done, he did some races for a French Grand Prix. He did the, um, I'm going to take a, a stab in the dark, probably about 15 or so. Okay. Mm. What, what's too much? Uh, every weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that is definitely. <laughs> but where's that line? 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. He seems to have got it about right. Yeah. But he couldn't have done all the Super Leagues and all the World Triathlon Series. It would have been, been too much, and he's, he's made that call. So he's picking and choosing a bit. Okay, uh, John's quiz question. Here we go. Here we go. Gustav Eden has said in his post-race interview that he's probably not going to race Kona next year because he wants to go to the Olympics and he wants to win a gold medal. How many World Triathlon Series podiums does he have? Now, if you're a betting man, you're not putting money on for the gold medal, are you? No. 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 Okay. So, how many WTS podiums does Gustav Eden have? A World Triathlon Series is the top rung. You got World Cup below that. It's the top rung. I've just been. Um. I was. Just, I was just thinking. About, I was out for a run yesterday. Oh no, on Saturday. I'm very light running. I talk about loading. Um. And I was just thinking about his race. How about those times? Mental. Absolutely. Two thirty six. Did you see? Some of you guys will have seen. That he had some prototype shoes that are actually yeah. illegal in terms of uh, oh, really? not that was legal. They had it checked out, so he didn't do anything wrong. But in terms of say world athletics, they wouldn't be uh, a legal shoe. They had a massive um, amount of cushioning and a, and a quite a big drop, I think, in them. So um, who are they? The hooker are they? On, but on. they basically look like those ones. Like look like hookers. Is there a cheaper version of those come out yet? Of what hookers? No, that kind of the, the, you know the new shoe. Um, not really, because yeah, lots of brands have got them now. Yeah, but you're still paying top yeah. dollar for them, aren't you? Totally, you are. Yeah. Uh, so he had those shoes, but yeah, no, it was a, a sensational performance. But he did only win by two minutes. And that oh, yeah, don't, yeah, the guys are legends now. Yeah. You know, all, all, you know, all the athletes are legends, but just the speed we're seeing now. Mm. You know, if we, even if even if we'd said. If we'd gone back to, you know, when's it going to go to sub eight? Mm. You wouldn't think within the next five, 10 years it's going to be down to 740. Mm. You know, like, and perfect day, you know, but we're just seeing freakish stuff right now. Okay, this week's discussion was who will be the top three in both the female and males in 2023 Ironman World Championships? We didn't get a huge amount of answers, but uh, Rob Dallimore has got it. Who's to even think about it? Come back to me in six months later. <laughs> Carolyn Guy says Sam Lalo on fire is going to take the win. Jared Chapman says Lucy Charles Barkley, Sodaro, gentle. He's got an asterisk there, probably won't go long. Ashley Gentle is one that I think when she transfers across could be pretty pretty awesome as we've seen at her sort of middle distance races, but it did take her a while to get there. She's got, um, Jared's got Philip, Laura Phillip in fourth place, and on the boys' side, he's got Newman, Fredino, and Ditlev. Good old uh, Peter Colson's got a preferred C start list. Don't mm-hmm. be cheeky, bugger, Peter. Uh, we've got Hua Chin's got Philip, Sodaro, and Reef. If she is still competing, she'll be competing, won't she? Surely. Uh, <laughs> and then Jan, Jan and Skipper, and Ladlow. Uh, good old Sam Wall says Lucy Charles Barkley for the women's win. She's coming back stronger than ever after injury and is going to bring the fire next year. Lionel for the men's win only because one day I will be right. <laughs> <laughs> you really? Uh, uh, Hugh Chin says uh, Philip, Laura Phillip, Sodaro, Reef if she's still competing. Uh, I've yeah, done that one. Are oh, you done that one? Arnold's got uh, Eden will, will turn up uh, late to defend and he'll smash it. Uh, KB, who's KB? Um, oh, Blumenfeld, yep, maybe. Yep. And Ditlev. And then Sadaro will double Danny and then uh, Lucy Charles Barkley in third. Ian Farrell, you guys need to look at Fredino's run record before including him. Game has changed. He even uh, If he even makes a start line. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so convinced on Fredino. I, I think, but I think the, the, the nature of what we'll talk about in a second. Anyone else here, John? Uh, uh, Caroline's guy's got Sam Ledlow. Yeah, see that one too. Okay. Your thoughts? I'm going for Fredino, Ditlev, and Langer. 
Langer's let me down again <laughs> last year. <laughs> You've gone I, from never backing him to hold. You're like you're, you're sunk cost. I'm not. I'm not backing him for the win. I'm backing him for the for the podium. So Fredino, because he's always in the game. If he's fit, 100 percent healthy, he's going to be in the. It's a big swim. if now, but it is a big if. He's going to be there in the swim. He's shown he's a weapon on the bike, uh, and he should be able to hold on in the run. Ditlev is the, the the big up and comer, as we all know, and Langer will come through and run a. 238. Uh, he had a good run this year. He just had shit, shit on the bike. Um, and then on the girls' side or the female side, uh, Daniela Reef is going to come back and, and annihilate it. Uh, Lucy Charles Barkley is going to get second because she gets second. It's <laughs> horrible. And how uh, she, oh, you feel for her. Wouldn't you just four seconds? Yeah, this one was a bit different. Yeah, though. this one was actually quite cool, but uh, still. But yeah, that would rip your jocks. And, Especially and if she never gets a win. Yeah. One thing I didn't mention on the show last week um, was the, the the fight between Lucy Charles Barkley and Anne Howe because I didn't watch that much of the women's race. Mm. Um, I was watching it on the train the other day. The battle between her and Lucy Charles was fascinating. Yeah. You guys, most of you guys will have seen it, but I didn't realise that it got that close. Yeah. And she, she was could see just up the road, fifty or hundred metres in yeah. front of her, and you're this weapon runner. And someone's struggling a bit in front of you. Now Lucy Charles still ran a, something like a three oh two, so she was still she was still going pretty good. But when you can't close that gap, when you've been you've already closed whatever however many minutes, and you can't just get that little bit, so that was pretty impressive. So that's my picks. Who would be my picks? I haven't really thought. About it. And we're we're assuming that Ian yeah. and Blumenfeld. I think that's what makes next year very fascinating because realistically, if those two were there, it's a, you know everyone's going for at least one of those two. Hmm. Um, but it was a really cool dynamic because. We, one discussion we, we should do is who's been hurt most by COVID. Mm. And when we think of Korea, you know, we like we look at um, uh, two's German guy did really well. We got sixth. Um, it's Keenley. Keenley, Keenley. So if we look at Keenley, they probably all got a few good results in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, like sixth this year was amazing, and he has been injured, so that hasn't helped. But you know, arguably, you could argue Freddie Notes has hurt his legacy because yep. he probably could have picked up a couple of corners. Yeah. Um, so you know, when we look at that that's really interesting but the fact that the two guys who are the rock stars right now aren't turning up next year it makes it really cool because you do have a Fredino aspect Sanders yeah you know like he didn't perform this year but he's, he's, he got second in the world champs early on in the year or third was it second you got second um so yeah I, who would I pick for next year <laughs> has Ladlow got it in him yeah, well, if he races like this year, I reckon he'd spank everybody. He's, so you've got to back it up. He's only 23. Yeah, you got to back it up. So I don't he's, know. he's definitely a chance. I would, I, I, To be honest, as much as I, I'm... I'm not doubtful Fredino winning it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't go to plan. Mm. I would want him to win it. Mm. You know, because I think not many people won four. Mm. Crowey won three. Yeah. Peter Reid won three. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It's not many that won four. Yeah, so you've got Dave and Scott who won six. No one else won four. And so I think it'd be nice for him to go to that next, that kind of third place in, a, in the history of the sport. And I think COVID, would, he would have got four at least if COVID didn't happen. Um, and then second, I'm going to go Laidlow. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the future. Out once Bloomingfield let go. Did live as well. Few, yeah. And then I'm going to go Joe Skipper. He's stepping up next year. Yeah. Not, not a silly call. And then the females, I'm going to go to Lucy Charles Barkley. Yeah. I'm back in it. I think people would be pretty happy if she won. Yeah, it would be horrible if she got second again. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) What be, wouldn't it? And then Reef's either winning or losing. Yeah. You know, she's a firecracker. Yeah. She's going going across that finish line first or she's out the back door. Yeah. Uh, So I'm not picking her. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, who won this year? Sedaro? Sedaro. She'll get second and then, and hug. 
It's you very <laughs> there you go. So I had this idea, Bevan, for to we'll have a closer look at places five through ten at Kona because my initial thought with this would be, okay, maybe we've got some up and coming champions here. You okay. know, this is where you, where your next yeah. blood comes so you, from. You, two, two types of people: the one who's kind of fading back, Kenley, yeah, he has a good day, or oh no, you get three. You get the one who's going back. Was at the end of their career, you get the kind of always kind of gets in the top ten, but in the later part of the ten, mm-hmm. and then you get the one who's ooh. But when I thought about it a bit more, it's actually in terms of the up and comers, in, term, in terms of going for the win, the actual winning the race, not a podium. There's almost next to none of them go that progression pathway. It's no, either, yeah, either the base, there or not. Uh, yeah. They either come in and they're on the podium and then win. Yep. Or. Well, that's why this year was strange, wasn't it? Because normally what we see is they come and get, as you say, they come and get a podium and then they, you know, they win the next year. So this we, year we had two first-time participants mm-hmm. and winners. And if we think about all the previous winners in fairly recent times, um, so... Uh, Go back to 2019, you had... Well, we forgot we had Langer and he uh, he got third on his first attempt yep. and then came on and won. Even Fredino didn't win Fredino his first Fredino didn't, didn't win his first, he got uh, third, I think it was. Um, and then prior to that, we had Crowey, he got, I think, second on his first attempt. Macca was a slightly different one. He because took like five attempts. He took a while. And the other exception there was um, Pete Jacobs, he took a little while as well. But quite Caffrey, a, quite a few. Carfrey, she was. I'm pretty sure she was second on her first try as well. Um, and Daniela Reef, she was second on her first try. Um, Luce, uh, um, Keenley got third before he won it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he might have maybe had a couple before that. I'm not well, sure. Let's look. You go to 2013. Was it in 2012? Obviously, Chrissy came in, won on her first attempt. So more often than not, yeah, Keenley got fourth in two years beforehand. Right. So more often than not, you basically rock it straight in, get on the podium, and then go on and win with the exception of this year. So that kind of nullified my discussion around this point, the placings five through 10. But I did want to give them a bit more attention because last week, you know, and most of the media all talk about the the winners, rightly so. Mm. But it's always interesting to see those um, sort of five through 10 who had good races kind of see see their approach. So on the female side, we had Lisa Norden in fifth place and she did get a drafting penalty. Wasn't thrilled about that. Um, she's taken a little while to sort of find her Ironman legs. You know, she was an Olympic medalist. and been, second, didn't she? Yeah, and she's been a, she's a, dominator at uh, Olympic level in, in some years, 37 years old. Uh, in terms of her sort of pathway into the race, um, she did have a pretty good PTO race. She got fifth there at the US Open, um, got sixth at Ironman St George and uh, fifth in Challenge Solo. So hasn't had any podiums this year and so still good, pretty good race for her. Next up was Fenella Langridge. Gee, she's um, lean, man. She's 175, which is only 16 centimetres older than me mm. and 60 kg. Yeah. <sighs> Fenella Langridge, um, she had, uh, she's 30 years old. She was in the lead there for a while. She was absolutely smoking it. Uh, she got sixth in this race. She got eighth at the World Champs earlier in the year. She started off at Challenge Solo. She got first. Um, didn't finish the Canadian Open, or, uh, and she was having, I think, some, some challenges. Got second at Challenge Road. Who did she get second behind there? I think it was Anne Haug. Yeah, she got second behind Anne Haug, and I remember she was pushing Anne Haug for quite a while because she came off the bike in front of her. So in terms of someone, you know, whether she's a name for the for the future, I mean, she's got sort of podium potential on her, but um, in terms of winning the race, run probably lets her down a bit. Uh, Sarah Crowley got seventh. She's 39, so time's running out. Time is running out. Um, but she, there's a great return 
to racing because she's while she's won races this year she hasn't had huge competition in those events uh, and last year looked like it was a bit of a bit of a trickier year so uh, she only finished fifth and wrote last year um, so this year she has won Cairns, she's won Australia and she's won Santa Cruz so she has won three races but uh, some of those haven't had the most stellar of fields so uh, it's good to see her back um, and improving Daniela Reef was eighth, probably don't need to mention her Sky Monch, uh, she is another one who I think has got uh, sort of podium potential and I think it was her, was it her first Kona? Oh, let's have a quick look here she finished fourth at the World Champs earlier in the year in St George uh, obviously there was no Kona in 2021 or 2020 and she didn't do Kona in 2019. She won Ironman Germany instead. So yeah, definitely think she's got the potential to sort of move up and be one of those sort of podium potentials. And then 10th place was Laura Siddle who we had on last week's show. Yeah, what about the men's? On the men's side, um, Joe Skipper, he was in 5th. He, he sort of, when you if you didn't watch the post-race press conference, he was sort of satisfied that fifth was his best result over there, and he was stoked, I think, that he managed to claw back and get past Keenley, um, which he did pretty pretty late on the run, and he said he was sort of struggling quite a bit to, to get through it, um, but he's around 2.45 there, and I think he's capable of more than that. And he, ra- he raced like two weeks for it, didn't he? Yeah, it was, it was pretty it was, close. It was, Wales it was pretty was close, I'm in Wales. Um, he came out of the swim with Keenlay and uh, Leon Chevalier and sort of that, that pack. Then some of the guys sort of made inroads and in, in, into the front of the race, but not massively so. But I saw Lionel Sanders, you know, he's, he's got a massive following on YouTube and he's, he's fantastic. He does his sort of post-race analysis of what's going on and, you know, he claims that... Training too much. Uh, well, yeah, he's training. he thinks he's training too much, but also that the bar has shifted a bit in terms of where you need to be in the swim to have a chance at these championship oh, races. Really? And we've seen that in this race and we saw it in St. George. If you didn't make the front pack, you're not get, you, can, you, you can still uh, be in contention and he got himself up to second place. But in terms of winning championship races, um, he reckons that the bar sort of shifted a bit and you need to be coming out with the likes of Magnus Ditlev to and get yourself a chance. Oh, it's, it's another two minutes up the road, you know, so Ditlev swam 49-48 and those guys are coming out in 52, so it's almost three minutes down, so... I'd beg to say possibly not. So Joe Skipper will be stoked with the fifth, and I think he's got the capability to to get a podium. But I just think, but like but next year, next year, that's why next year is so fascinating because you don't have the two rock stars turning up. Mm. Fredino gets injured, doesn't turn up. Mm. Like a skipper could pull it off. I definitely think he's got the capability of getting things a podium. Like, he's he's one of those ones where it, it, things need to go wrong for other people. Mm. We saw in St George, you know, it wasn't necessarily the big big hitters that got away in that breakaway. But it was they ended up, you know, doing ex- extremely well. So I agree, I agree. Next year might be a slight exception. Yeah, next year's going to be interesting. But I kind of think someone in that front group is going to fire, and to to get the win is going to be really, really difficult. And mm. we haven't seen anybody do it for a while, except for um, Langer was the last one that did it. Sebastian Keenlay, we've talked about a lot before. Great race by him for sixth. Um, and Chris Leon done. Chevalier is another one that people perhaps haven't heard of before. He rode a 409, so he rode with uh, Keenlay and Cameron Wirth. So he's um, raced under the French flag, but he's sort of lived all over the place and he currently lives in Bath in the UK. 
pretty new to the game. You know, he's only been racing at his first pro race in 2019. Last year in 2021, he just crushed it. He won Ombra Man, he won uh, Mallorca, uh, he got second at Alpe d'Huez, third at Ironman UK, and this is all in pretty much his first proper season. And so far this year, he finished sixth at the World Champs when they had them in St George, and then got first at the Alpe d'Huez Triathlon, and then seventh there. So he's another one who's probably the one you possibly wouldn't have picked before the race to get in the top 10, but crushed it. Magnus Ditlev, um, I think everyone knows that he is now legit after having an awesome season. He's ranked third in the rankings. He's only 24 years old. Bikes like an absolute weapon, as we've seen. Uh, finished second in the PTO race. That was his sort of approach. Collins Cup um, won his race there. One challenge wrote an impressive fashion, very nearly being Fredino's record. Uh and yeah, he is probably, I think all the pros identified him as, um, you know, potentially the, the next winner or, or certainly got the, the pedigree to win the race. In ninth place, we had Clement Mignon, which again, not many people would have picked. So good to see the Frenchies. We had uh, a couple of Frenchies, three Frenchies in the top 10, which is unheard of. Um, I, don't, a French, I don't think we've ever had a French winner of Kona on the males or the female side, yet they are without doubt one of the strongest triathlon nations. Another young fella, only 23 years of age and still pretty new to the game, only started racing pro in 2020. Um, last year won quite a few races, quite a few small races, um, but yeah, this is a massive step up for him and his approach, he got 19th at the PTO race in the States and the rest of his racing was over in Europe. Oh, I did Canada, got 13th, third at Ironman Germany. Um, so yeah, Clement Mignon is a name to watch out for. In 10th place, my man, Patrick Langer, around 241.58. Now, he did have a tricky year. You know, he had some, some injury issues to deal with. How old is Patrick Langer? He's 36. He's still got another couple of years in him. And his approach was he got a crappy race at the Collins Cup and finished second at Challenge Rote. And did run a 235 there and went 744, but he's only done a few races this year. But he's getting third next year. So I, it's all I've good. got a random question for you. Mm. Assuming Sanders doesn't get a Kona win, mm. a World Championship win, would you rather have Sanders' career or Keenley's career? Keenley, without a doubt. Why? Just because he got the win? Kona? Yeah, hell yeah. 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 But Did Keenley win 70.3s? No, no, he's crap at 70.3s. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they won good race. Remember they won good race? It was him and Tim. Remember for the sprint? It was a brilliant 70.3 World Champions. The Australian guy who wore the budget. No, that was Keenley. That wasn't uh, Langer. Oh, sorry, did you say Keenlay? Keenlay, yeah. Keenlay, Keenlay. Oh, Keenlay or... Um, Sanders. Mm. Keenlay has got, got the world Kona. titles. And yeah. he's won a 70.3 Worlds. He did win a 70.3, did he? Yeah. Or did he not? Yeah, I think he has. Pretty sure. I'm almost positive he has. Okay. I shall verify Getting that. Getting that Kona win. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could have the best career, you know, Lucy Charles Barkley, if she doesn't get a Kona win. Yeah. Oh, she'll be come yeah, on, we'll forget about her in a few years time if she uh, yeah like having you know that. why don't you get that Kona win I remember Melina said to me get a Kona win you're in so yeah he got second at 70.3 worlds Keenlay did in 2016 who was that was against Tim Tim uh, Tim Reid what happened to him uh, he's still chugging along and he? he's probably more focused on the family and his coaching and 2013 Sebastian Keenlay won the 70.3 world championships okay and then won the 2014 you, he won the Ironman world championships couldn't tell you where that was but who did he beat out there? <clears throat> he beat out Terenzo Bazzoni and Joe Gambles. Andy Potts in fourth place, Tim Reid in fifth. There you go. And that year, the winner was Melissa Halstein on the female side in front of Heather Jackson and Annabelle Luxford. 
Danielle Reef was only six that year. Blew up on the run. There you go. Okay, Jombo, let's go to Age Group of the, of the Week. week. We've got a good email from Melissa Yuri. What's her nickname? Bigfoot. Bigfoot, but for Mary, I have an Age Group of the Week nomination for my friend Ruth. Now, she actually sent her name through later on. Did you get that there? Oh. Oh, oh, okay, I'll read it out and then I'll get the name. Uh, Ruth, who raced Kona as a legacy athlete. This is Ruth's words uh, that uh, I feel encapsulate. This was... This so, so Ruth basically, this is, she's copied a message from oh, okay, that, so that okay. Ruth made. So Ruth has not nominated herself for Age Group of the Week. Uh, she has basically, this is written and, and Melissa Mil- Mil- really thinks she's awesome and she's just uh, copied and pasted this across. And here's what she said. Uh, they say that it takes a village to raise a child. They aren't wrong. When I was a little girl, I watched a wild world of sports on Sunday afternoon and I remember watching a, an event where you swam in warm waters of Kona rode the lava fields and ran out to a place called the Energy Lab and finished on a Lehi Drive. I thought to myself, as a four-year-old, one day I want to do that. Each week I'd watch to see if it was on again and realise it was a yearly event. I did my first Ironman in 2006 after having been diagnosed with pulmonary embolism and been told to never do triathlon again. We thought it would be my one only race that I did. It snowballed. I kept doing it. It kept turning up every, even when I didn't want to. They don't get any easier. You just get used to the pain. In 2017, after Ironman career, I applied for my legacy spot at Ironman World Championships as I'd, by this stage, completed 13 Ironmans. In 2018, I was offered the spot for 2020. I went down to do two further Ironmans. Unfortunately, the world shut down and got postponed to 2022. I've been plagued with injuries since 2019, got a lot older, and really struggled with my mindset. But yesterday, it finally happened. I truly didn't think it could happen. Uh, that's where she finishes, and she's got, um, Mel's got, she had a lot of battles with cramps and suffering on the unrelented heat, but she finished and achieved her childhood dream. I am beyond proud of her. Now, you keep talking because I'm going to yeah, find out. So one, one thing there, we, we talk about the athletes that have had um, their pro careers sort of curtailed because of COVID and missed out on the prime of the years. But yeah. let's remember those athletes that are just hanging on for dear life, trying to keep their bodies in shape, yeah. and they're in the legacy program, and they were supposed to bloody be racing in 2020, yeah. and they've had to hang on uh, and wait and wait and keep doing Ironmans to keep their, their slot validated or, or keep doing an event. So I'm sure, and I would hope, that there's been some flexibility with that in terms of uh, having to keep your yeah. slot validated. Um, and next, in the next section we're going to be doing is a high five on um, sort of the two-day format. One of the advantages that I haven't actually listed there, I don't think, is going to be the, clear, the clearing of the yeah. backlog of, um, of legacy athletes, which is, which is a great thing because um, people like Ruth, it's a fantastic story and we love hearing things like that. Her and name is Ruth. Ruth Bloom, Ruth Bloom. So nice. Ruth Bloom, you are our age group of the week. One, two, two three, three, four, high five. five. Okay, John, let's dig into this one. So we're going positive and negative here. Positive and negative. Let's go one for one. Okay. So positive and negative. So it's the five good points about Kona, the two-day format, or the five negative thoughts. So I'm going to be negative, am I? <laughs> I'll, I'll be negative. Okay, let's say positive number one. Pro coverage was significantly better, especially for the women's race. Yeah, I, I thought I loved it. As, as someone who wasn't doing the race and wasn't there, I loved the two-day format. And one thing I'd say about Laura uh, Siddell's comment last week saying maybe switch the men's and women's around. Yep. I reckon the women's race possibly got more coverage in terms of eyeballs on the screen because it was on a work day and for people that sit at their computers all day they're just having it playing yeah. um, I know that was the case for me as well on the negative side uh, it would be interesting to know the actual facts on that but mm. the coverage was fantastic and also they stepped up the coverage which helped mm. but it wouldn't have been as good for each 
category mm. if they had a single day race. Negative point number one, the lack of accommodation and the price hikes um, that this has caused. And so. is, do you know if this is a fact? Because I know someone went over and I said, was it bad? And he said, no, no problem. No, I know for a fact it was okay. bad. Okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number two, better crowds for athletes on the Saturday. Yeah, I wonder what the crowds were like for on the Thursday. Yeah. But Sunday, uh, they definitely were, Laura sort of mentioned they were down a bit for Thursday, but yep. Saturday would have been Pumping. significantly better. Yeah. Okay, you for uh, you. Number two on the negative side, lack of respect for the locals by shutting down their tiny island for two days as well as the preceding week. We heard a little bit about that from Rob Green last week in terms of, yeah. It was interesting talking to him, because eh? he was basically, I don't want to go back to the race because of, for that reason, Not, mm. very unselfishly, mm. it was very much... Th- the kind of the stress it caused the local people mm. took a bit of the value or the, the you know, the experience away from him and it actually made him discourage him to want to go back to the race, I which I found really absolutely get that point. Yeah. Um, Thursday races got to watch the Saturday races, which is true. So it's bigger crowds. It's also that kind of... Oh, I'd love that if you Especially because it's two days later. Yeah. Because post day, the next day post race, you don't want to do anything. You're sitting in a bloody yeah. chair. And the nice thing about an Ironman is you go watch the swim, you go up at Palani Drive mm. and, then, and then you're kind of go back, have some lunch, you know, and you can, you can come and go. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yep. Uh, negative point number three, struggle to get enough volunteers for both days. It's a point we've heard from um, a couple of people, quite a few. Uh, this year there was a reduction of aid, even a reduction in aid stations because of that, because they could not get enough volunteers. Uh, and yeah. Here's a question for you, which is a bit more on the negative side. They're really good at doing the PR around how much money they get to the local community. Do they... Do they because you know, I'm sure they pay like you do with your races you'll mm-hmm. give some local club some money to bring mm-hmm. 50 people along to help out with your race mm-hmm. if they pay someone to you know the local I don't know surf tri club yep. to bring 50 people along and they give them 2,000 bucks mm-hmm. is that charity? no do, do, but do they claim that as charity? <laughs> yes do they do, do they? well I'm, I'm assuming that when they say we've put yeah $100,000 $100, into the local, local community, community for, uh, it's like, basically we've paid 100000 bucks for volunteers yeah no, I, I, I don't know so we don't know. If you do know, let us know. Because if you're if 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 you're saying, "Hey, we're bringing a hundred thousand dollars worth of value to local communities," mm. that's cool. But if, you, if you're making it look like charity, yeah. Now they might be. They might be going, "No, this is a donation to local." So I don't know. But I, as I well, as I got that PR release, I was kind of a bit like, oh, is, that a, "Is that charity or is that <laughs> paying somebody?" Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, number four, bigger bump in the finances, financial side of things for the local economy with more people in town, which let's be honest, you spend oh, a lot of money when you're there. Yeah. You know, so it'd be yeah. massive. You know, if you are, it probably wasn't double the amount of people, it was probably an extra third. Mm. So it, it technically is a lot more money. Absolutely, it is. But and as John says, does the everyday person see that? And no, does the everyday person see it? But especially in COVID times when they're trying to bounce back and recoup for all the losses, you know, Kona was dead. Like dead, dead, dead. When you dead, went dead. there, did you do a camp over COVID time? No, so earlier was, this towards, year. Yeah, earlier this year, but the things had kicked back into action by um, then. Did you, was it pretty much the same? Yeah, it was just more expensive. Oh, okay, um, everything was the same. It was just more expensive. Okay. So, so that was a good thing. More, more dollars going into the local economy. Yep. Number four on the negative side. I saw this post somewhere, and um, oh yeah, anyway, I saw someone mentioning that time variations, but the, between the two days made it harder to compare times. Just like. Mm. You really compare men's and women's times that much? Well, but maybe if you're in a men's category, yeah. Who and, then and was you know like like was it the young guys and the old guys who did the? Um, but as we hear from athletes, just during the day it makes a big difference as well where your start yeah, time is. True. So if you were the last wave to start over there, you know you apparently you got um, 
headwinds going out, whereas the pros had no wind and then tailwinds. So I think there's a lot of variation in within the day. Um, so that, that's, that's still, someone made that point. Number four was uh, variation between times and conditions between the two days. Now, this one here actually takes us back to the discussion of the week, which I didn't announce before. So just before we do this next one, the discussion of the week for this week, does having the two-day format for Kona make it easier to qualify and also devalue the athletes who have fought to qualify in the past? Because we're assuming there's going to be a lot more slots moving forward. So the the golden ticket is less of a bar. Mm -hmm. Um, And does that mean that for those who have done it in a much harder system, lose a bit of credibility. Um, that's this week's discussion, but that kind of leads into point number five. Point number five is, is it's easier to qualify, it's more slots, especially for women, with a chance to get through backlog of the legacy athletes, which I agree. And then the negative side of that is the possibly the devalue, devaluing of how hard it has been for athletes to qualify in the past. Uh, so yeah, you've really got a, a pro and a con there. So you did see an article that was linked on Facebook and we're saying that the local mayor is saying the two-day format was not a done deal. So what did, what, did you read it? Yeah, I read the article and I reckon he's, this is probably um, a bit of a political statement because you'd surely think it's a done deal. Yep. But uh, what my reading between the lines is the locals are pissed about it and he's sort of saying, oh, it's not a done deal yet. And yep. he's trying to get people to see him as being, hey, I'm, I'm sort of in control here. Um, but it certainly sounds like it is a done deal two-day Oh, no, so it's not, okay, not oh, it's long-term. Not a done deal for next year. Next year. Well, they and, need to make that decision pretty quickly. Well, <laughs> this and this article was from the 9th of October. Uh, and, yeah, it sounds like Thursday was a real issue. Um, Sunday or Saturday was... Saturday was Saturday. I think they kind of know what, what to expect what, what, there. Like I get, Thursday on a weekday when you've got a lot more traffic Why did you smash it Saturday, Sunday? Uh, volunteer fatigue uh, and you're rolling over. You know, you're going through midnight and then you're starting in at six o'clock. But that's the only way you can do it then if you want two weekends or, you know, weekend days. Oh, yeah, totally. But I, I well, I said the two-day format was never possible. But I think a, a Saturday, back back. Sunday format is asking an awful lot. Because <laughs> you will have volunteers that will do Thursday and Sunday. You can volunteer Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, doubtful. But you could also just leave everything out, because I imagine they would clear the course after Thursday. A uh, lot of stuff. A fair, yeah, yeah, a lot of it. No, I, I think that yeah. is an impossible task. I did see one bit of irony. Well, you did say impossible about hey two days. <laughs> so I'm just saying. I did see one bit of irony in the the, mayor, the local mayor. His surname's Roth. <laughs> oh, there you go. He loves triathlon. <laughs> yeah. He loves it. Okay, let's get into winger of the week. Okay, number 55. John, you've already done your research on this. You've done, done your random.org. Random.org. And there's Luke Egots. Luke we'll go with. Egots. I'm pretty sure he might have been a wanger of the week before, but in terms of his training last week, hold on a second. We, uh, not having, we're going for the zero pause strategy today. Yep, so we're we just uh, doing this all Well, let's on have a look fly. here. He's, he's, been, he's, done, he's a consistent trainer. He had a very easy, I think he got injured in August. Right. Because he had a very easy week. Because you look at his training. He goes pretty consistently, a bit crazy in March. May have done a race and then an easy yep, week. Yep, uh, but yeah, but he doesn't have easy weeks. Yeah, Luke L- doesn't do easy. So Luke Egots last week, he did 13 hours and 25 minutes training, 3 hours and 12 minutes swimming, 6 hours 42 on the bike and 3 hours and 30 there So he, um, on the run. So he ain't injured unlike someone else. Uh, and he's even got a little swimming emoji next to his name in his Strava profile. He's got a swimming biker runner and a flag and he's from New Hamburg, Ontario in Canada. So Luke, nice work on a good solid week of training and consistency except for that week in August. Um, that would be co- co- Tell you what, was running, he's, he's very consistent. So his, his 5k PR, 
and these are actuals, uh, 17-24, 10K, 36-13, uh, half marathon, 21-21, and he's done a sub-three-hour marathon, 252-258. You know, those kind of times are kind of, you know, if you kind of did the V dot, you know, like it's kind of where they're all set, isn't it? He's a good boy, does strength and conditioning today. He's a good boy. You're a good yeah. boy, Luke. Did, yeah, I good did boy. 20 minutes. Just got to keep chipping away at that strength and conditioning. Do you do yours? Uh, Maybe calves yes. would be all right if you did. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good with my calf raises and my uh, my Nordic hamstring curls. Those are my two absolute must-do exercises. Although, <laughs> the irony is, I was a little bit lazy on the calf raises, just a little bit. Um, it's funny that, because eh? for me, it's I do my calves and my hamstrings as well. Mm-hmm. Don't do them, they get injured. Mm. Like, it's as simple as that. Don't do them, you get an injury. So, Luke Egolts, you are our winner of the week. week. He's from Canada as well. There you go. So, love it. Okay, so let's get into questions and answers. So, someone did do some research for us. Good old Swanee Noah Richard Swan. Bloody alcoholic. Bloody alcoholic. He goes, Lion Brown does exist. So, if you're listening to last week's show, we're talking about a beer called Lion Brown in New Zealand. And it's kind of known for the rough beer, isn't it? And Matt Charlton is coming out to New Zealand and his nickname was Lion Brown. And I said, I said, we should get him a Lion Brown. He's coming to Christchurch. He's doing the Sea to Sky Challenge. Oh, okay. I might need an MC actually for that, Bevan. When's so, that? Uh, yeah, it's in March. Maybe. Yep. March, March 12th, something like that. Yep. Uh, so, we've got to get some Lion Brown for that for Matt. Okay. So, he said you can still get it in Christchurch. He had a bottle during the, the Bottle Lake. Uh, he had some at the Bottle Lake during the aborted Takahita Akaroa race. Uh, marginally enjoyed it. And I imagine it was bought as if it was dirt cheap. So, yeah, it's not the greatest beer. I don't know if I've ever had it before. Surely you had some. I'm a bit of a beer snob now. Because when we were younger, you had three choices. I was DB Ryanek. Ryanek. Wow. Sorry for overseas listeners. These are Kiwi beers. Ryanek. Steinlager, if you wanted to hang out. Oh, over. there's no way you could afford Steinlager when we were kids. <laughs> Canterbury, it was Canterbury Draft. Foster's. Yeah. Canterbury Draft. What, wait, so what, what, what do you drink now? You beer snob. Uh, my my favourite is a local Harrington's uh, Harrington's Har- Harrington's Pilsner. It's beautiful. Really? Yeah. Do you, they still do no Harry Gold. They do still do no Harry Gold. So no Harry Gold was basically like nine percent, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it tastes like crap. Yeah. But one rigger, it was like five bucks would do you the night. <laughs> Tell you what, no Harry Gold. Oh, I had some bad nights on that. The, the thing, the kids these days. What do you pay for a beer nowadays? How much do you pay? Like for do you buy a twelve pack? Yeah, that's like 20, over twenty bucks. The kids these days, I, I, I don't know why my parents didn't keep a close eye on the liquor cabinet because it was getting drained. <laughs> but these days, I haven't got a worry in the world about our kids drinking and stuff. It's like, God, yeah, they what, say are, that. what they are, say are that. kids doing? Yeah, come on, just try to leave it out for them. Yeah. <laughs> put it, put it Drink out. it. Drink it. Just start spiking their drinks. Yeah, have a cigarette. <laughs> don't do that vaping, though. Jeez, don't do that. Well, that is the problem, isn't it? They're saying vaping is a problem at schools. Massive problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. funny. <laughs> Yeah, Thomas, have a smoke. <laughs> I said to Thomas yesterday, his first day back at school after school holidays, uh, I said, I just see anybody vaping today? He says, no, but I went into the toilets and someone had done a smell of shit. <laughs> I had to get out of there so fast. So you've got to be careful when you leave the toilets. If there's nobody in there, they'll think it's you. Yeah, exactly. I, I've actually walked out and said it wasn't me. Yeah. Because, you know, you know you, you've done that. I remember, did, did you ever smoke? Yeah. Like, did you properly smoke? Or just uh, no, try to smoke. Cool, cool smoking. Yeah, yeah. So I remember one night we went out for friends and we bought menthols. So oh, menthols, yeah. T- slightly minty, aren't they? Yeah. And I bought, I bought a pack of 25 and I smoked 25 in like two mm. hours. <laughs> 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 and I go home and he goes, 
Have you been smoking, son? No. And I just like my sister. No. Oh, really? So I remember getting picked up from a party and coming home, and like they pulled in the driveway, and I was basically vomiting in my hands <laughs> in the car. <laughs> got out of the car, thinking I'd got away with it. <laughs> what was I thinking? Did your parents? Did you? Did so. The parent who basically caught their kid smoking and made them smoke a whole pack? No, no. Yeah, I didn't make his parents went there and it did put them off it. Mm. They made him smoke the whole pack. Mm. They're like, you want to smoke, mate? Here you go, keep smoking. And it was like, yeah. you never want to smoke again after that. Ah, oh, we were so innocent, John. Mm. Okay, let's talk about John's quiz question. So the question was, Gustav Eden, Gustav or Gustav? Uh, either or, okay. I think. Uh, Eden has won, we, he's competed in world triathlon races. We don't think he's a rock star. We don't think it's worth him going to the Olympics. Yep. Come back and win Kona again. But that's his career. But how has he done to this point in time? And we're looking at podiums. So your th- question you had was, how many podium finishes, not mm-hmm. wins, has Gustav Eden had in world triathlon racing? Now, your prediction. My prediction oh, I no is, idea. I know he's got one. Because they had the Bermuda domination when Norway went one, two, and three. I think it was Kasper Stoinis won it. I think Blumenfeld was maybe second and, and maybe Eden was third. Uh, I do not recall any other occasion him getting on the podium. Should say once? Once. I'm I say could three, be wrong. I'm going to say three times. Yeah. I have no idea. His current world triathlon ranking is 245. Uh, he's said 77 starts, 19 podiums. This is across all world triathlon races yep. and seven wins. Yeah, how do you find out? World triathlon series. He finished 22nd in Leeds. Uh, let's see, he's got a fourth in Lausanne, and that was when uh, Blumenfeld took it out. Uh, We've got a third, Barcelona? No, that's not a world triathlon oh, series right. race. Um... He got third in Bermuda in 2019. He won a World Cup, but yeah. that's not a World Triathlon no. Series. He won another World Cup in World, World, World Triathlon Bermuda, in, yeah, in 2018. Oh, got so third. Got twice, twice there. Okay, so yeah. I'm wrong now. No, wait a second. Can I get a third? Can I? Can you give me a third? Um, second at the Norwegian. No, no, that we're getting pretty. That's it. So he's only had two podium finishes, no wins. Yeah. Plenty of. Uh, Plenty of other little sort of that's, podiums. That's top tens. He's trying to go to the Olympics, eh? Did he go to the Olympics last time? Yep. Yep. Where did he get? Major games. He did he does quite we got he got eighth at Tokyo. So hey, that's not crap. Yeah, true. It's not crap. It's not crap, but it's not winning. And you're long in terms of at the Olympics there when he got He is only twenty six. Yeah. So when is the Olympics? Is it two years away? Because twenty twenty four? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it'll be twenty eight. The Olympics. Christian Blumenfeld ran twenty nine thirty four. Gustav Eden ran thirty twenty nine. So he's basically losing around about a minute. Mm. It's not happening unless it's a breakaway. The one way this could happen is he run, is, is is good enough runner against the fastest runners? No, not in a head to head battle. But if you get a minute, then but the, the, the amount of times you get a minute in a world triathlon series race, if they, they showed the course not. for Paris yet. No, but it'll, it'll be pretty, f- uh, imagine it'll be in the scene, it'll be in town, and it'll be technical, uh, and it might have a couple of lumps in it, but it's not going to be okay. hilly or it's anything like that. So, don't see it happening. Love to see a breakaway, the, him and bloody 
Blumenfeld off the front. Are you, do you think that Hayden Wild is going to let something like that go? No. Don't think so. Because he can ride too, can and, he? And then you'll have um, Team GB that will basically be riding for Alex G and they'll be trying to shut down everything they can like they did at the Commonwealth Games, which is totally acceptable. Um, don't see it happening. Good luck to them though. You've got to have big goals. Those guys are bloody champion athletes and we're not. No, we're not at all. Uh, John Bo, let's talk about your swim set, and it's brought to you by Form Goggles. Remember, Form Goggles is a workout builder, and it saves you writing your programs down on a piece of paper that disintegrates. Do, do people do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is actually a swim set that I've done because I can't swim at the moment because my forearm's yep, rooted. Yep, no. So this... Uh, this uh, in form, you were thinking about rooting when you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> not. Uh, the, um, with the Form Goggles, you can. they've got this workout library, and by joining up to their program, getting I goggles... You can get as many workouts as you want, but you can also build your own workouts. Because, oh, cool. Yeah, this is what I love. And it's, it is quick and easy. If, you, if you've got a really complex set, then it's going to take a little bit of time. But for, I've come, come up with a little workout here. Uh, you can add in intervals. You can add in different strokes. It'll tell you what to do. Drills, kick, build um, build the pace, descend the pace, and then it'll give you the, the instructions as you go through. So equally, if you're a coach, then you can do that and you can share that with your athletes as well. So great, great coaching tool. So for a lot of you guys who are getting back into your swimming, maybe after you've done, um, you know, like maybe in August or September Ironman and you're sort of getting, want to get back in the pool and start getting ready for, for summer. So here's a really simple get back into it kind of set. And this would only take like a minute or two to, to, to load into the form workout builder. Your 400 mixed strokes warm up and then you do four rounds of 50 drill, 50 kick, 50 freestyle. And within the form workout builder, you can just click on the rounds button and it will just um, repeat that a few times through. And then you do three rounds of 200 steady, 425s drill. So repeat that three times through. Two 100s, easy individual medley, and that gives you a 2.4K little session to do. So that's one little sample you can try building with the Workout Builder. Someone asked me the other day, a guy that I coach, said, uh, you talk about the form goggles, do you actually, are they worth it? It's like, well, put it this way, I actually wear them almost all the time when I swim now. And okay. so it's like, I wouldn't probably wear them if they were crap. So yeah, yeah. I find them fantastic for counting lengths, pacing, and... Motivation. Um, yeah, especially if you swim by yourself. I generally swim with a group, and it's great. You know, if someone miscounts the lengths, you can go just point the finger at them. Right. Got it wrong, buddy. Schmuck. I know. Yeah. I got the stats. I got the stats. I know the pace we're swimming, and you cocked it up. Uh, so there you go. Check them out um, and use the promo code. I am talk for a $15 discount. It's an exciting time in the show right now, guys, because basically if you're a patron of the show, and first of all, thank you to all the amazing patrons, but we do the gifts that we do often monthly and so on, and you support the boys and all the rest of it, but you, you've gone into the draw to win a set of profile design GMR 50 carbon disc wheel bikes, or disc wheels. Um, we stoked they got a bike too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be really good. Um, and John's already done the draw, so you've got, got went to random.org. Now, so this you legit. pulled up number 120, mm-hmm. and we've got a, we've got a database, an mm-hmm. Excel sheet, so you don't, you don't actually know who it is yet? No, I do know who it is. Oh, he's, he's ahead of the I'll game. I'll te- tease this out. Okay, tease this out. So, firstly, the person... Female male. Female. Oh. Boys, it, boys you're out of it. Boys, see you later. See you later. Okay, age group category. <laughs> I know this person, so um, um, twenty-one to twenty-one. <laughs> no, uh, we'll forty forty-nine. Okay, forty so forty-nine. Give myself okay, a ten-year okay. ten-year bracket okay. there. Um, country of origin, uh, Scotland. They know. They must know by now. Yeah, they must know by now. Okay, um, 
Have they done Kona? No. Okay. I don't have any other questions. They live in New Zealand. They're from Scotland, though. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it, is it someone who's worked on my mouth? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> currently resides on the West Coast. Oh, that's awesome. The Grinder. The Grinder. Chrissy McKinley. That's awesome. And the weird thing about that was I actually went to book a dental appointment yesterday. I haven't had my teeth looked at for ages. Obviously a while. Because the bloody grinders moved out of Christchurch. Beely, go to Beely Ave. Okay. Cheap as, they do a good job. Oh, well, not as good I've, as the grinder. I've booked back into where the, the grinder used to oh, work. Okay. Uh, so Chrissy Grinder McKinley is taking home a pair of profile design GRM 50 carbon disc brake wheels. Love your work. And, and well done, Chrissy, first of all, but also just thank you to all the patrons because honestly, this show is a massive part of why this show keeps going is your support. Mm. Um, what's she doing over there? Just a bit of work, just 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 change of environment. But what kind of work is she doing? D- uh, still a bit of dentistry. Oh, because I thought she wanted to move away from dentistry. But, but, but I think just chilling, just not doing too much. Living on the coast. Working her dogs. I had a friend who's moved over the coast recently and, and I said, how's it going? She goes, well, there's a lot of druggies over there. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, obviously, Chrissy's changing her lifestyle a lot. Yeah. But she's got some pretty cool wheels. So, thank you, first of all, to Carbon, I mean, sorry, Profile Design for giving us the wheels to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to our patrons and well done to Chrissy. And if you want to get any other profile design items, they do wheels. They do, as you guys will know, they do a huge variety of uh, drink bottle systems throughout the front of your bike. Um, and the cool thing is it's all really adjustable. So no matter what brand of aero bars you might have, whether they're profile, whether they're something else, they're going to have a system for you uh, in place. And really those hydration bottles make such a big difference because then you can be, you know, if you have a bottle of concentrated drink, you can be sort of pouring that in as you go and grabbing water on the on the fly, uh, they've got all sorts of other knickknacks uh, as well in terms of um, adjusting your aero bars. So if you want to try to change your position, they're really customizable. Got handlebars, um, all sorts of things. So go check out Profile Design. Also, let's let's get into the last bit of show. Go on. Uh, let's say thank you to our patrons, Larry Lord Business uh, Bushito. We've got a lot of lords here. We've got Neil Lord Flashheart yeah. Thompson. And Matt, the Albatross Young. I say a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, Form Goggles. Again, you can get the most accurate real-time metrics, hundreds of guided workouts, and lap-by-lap motivation. Check them out at formswim.com. Use the promo code IAM15. If you want to get your email to you or become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. If you want some coaching, coachjohnnewson.com. If you want to go to Epic Camp, any slots for the next week. <sighs> Maybe yeah, <if> <laughs> two days. What's that? Tuesday. Tuesday. You find this. Nelson. We've got a few airport pickups at about between one and three. If we find you at the airport, come on down. Come on, down. <laughs> someone do it. Because <laughs> I've never been that person. You know, like some. You know, some people are just like bugger. I'm, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to go away tomorrow. Yeah. And I've never been that person. Someone out there right now, do it. <laughs> just <laughs> literally go to your go to your partner or go to your work. Need I need a week off work? Need two weeks off work? Email John, say I'm going to be there on Thursday. You don't even email me, just turn up the airport, we'll find a bed for there you. There you go. Um, EpicCamp.com, if you want my podcast. I actually did a really good interview with about eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Uh, lady, uh, kind of basically a lady who studies it on, uh, uh, what's her name? Inga Gannett. Um, really, really, really interesting discussion. So if you know someone with eating disorders or if you have that problem yourself, you may want to check that out on my podcast, The Bevan James Isles Show. Go to bevanjamesisles.com. Other websites, other content, age group of the week, cool websites and other stuff. Email us at imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Just one thing. Did we I've swim? Got the, I've got the finger pointing at me. When we did it again, did we swim at that, that was on the news last night, that place in Nelson? The Mount Arnold or whatever it was. Arnold. Yeah, did we swim there on Epicamp? 
No. Oh. I have some there. What was that on the news for? Um, oh, they, going? they just kind of doing like a local profile. And I was like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I swam there. So cool. We're going to be we're going to be there. Are you sure we didn't on an epic camp? Uh, almost positive. Okay. It's a, it's a freezing cold lake. It's like Lake Rotowiti. Uh, and we're going to be there on about day five of camp. And we have swum there once before on an epic camp uh, in April, and that's sort of the end, very tail end of our summer, and that was pretty fresh. But in October, there is going to be some serious bonus points if anybody <laughs> goes into that lake. Beautiful place. Uh, just don't go near the jetty before you get in the water. Why? It's just these ginormous eels there. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Not that they're going to do anything to you. But, but yuck. Yeah. yeah. So you stay secure that beautiful venue. The other thing to be mindful of around that part of the country is the sand flies. Uh, oh. Legendary. Yeah, and that can just destroy your day mm. oh, and your night. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than being a bit like crazy and trying to get to sleep. Yeah. Okay, John, what's your goss? What's my goss? Yes, a big uh, part of this week is Epic Camp. We start off on Friday. You guys will be hearing some Epic Camp interviews next week and probably the week after as well. Yep. Uh, so I'm hoping I can participate. I'll give you guys a bit of a rundown on what we're up to, but we're going to be in the top of the South Island, a place called Nelson, starting and finishing, uh, going around some national parks, Able Tasman, to the very, very tip of the South Island. Paradise. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Long-range weather forecast is looking promising, so happy days on that front. Um, but yeah, the big unknown at this time of the year is the water temperature. Yeah. First swim we do at a place called Tahuna Nui Beach, and currently I think it's about 14.3 degrees, which that's actually okay. Yeah, we were swimming in that recently. Yeah, 14's okay. Once you start getting down to 12 or below, then it's like danger, danger. What's the forecast looking like? Great. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is looking pretty good. That's what he tells the campers. <laughs> Well, you don't, you don't want to, A, it is looking good. The long-range forecast is looking exceptional, but you kind of want to touch wood when you're saying that stuff because the weather can change very quickly. However, it doesn't change like Canada. Bloody hell, man. I've coached a few athletes in Canada over the years, and their Something weather right. is like a light switch. It goes from 20 degrees to like negative 10 like within a day. Ugh. It's crazy. Crazy. So Crazy. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Bevan... Um, no, not too much. Watching a, have you watched Wrexham? Welcome to Wrexham. Never heard of it. It's on, uh, I think it's on Disney. Uh, and it's about, it's basically like Ted Lasso, a real life version of Ted Lasso. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's with um, Is it good? Ryan Reynolds. Oh, and no, they bought the team. I, I know the, the, the concept of it. Is it good? <laughs> it's Yeah, we, we find it quite good. We're up yeah. to episode 15 and they're right at the very end of their season. You don't know what's going to happen. We watch, we watch, have you watched The Boys? No. Oh my God. The boys on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. so we, we we go between the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not on Netflix at the moment, but we've got Prime, and uh, it's not a family show. No. Well, well, it, your, your boy might like it. Mm-hmm. It's basically superheroes, but dark, right? Like very dark, mm-hmm. um, and they, they leave nothing off the table. It's mm-hmm. it's quite extreme, but it's actually mm-hmm. really good. And the two stars, the two Kiwis, oh, really? So Carl Urban and the guy, other guy, I didn't actually know the guy who plays Homelander. He was on. Um, did you ever watch Outrageous Fortunes? Yeah, a little bit. He was one of the stars bit. on that, and mm. there is, and it's like it's a massive production, like it's amazingly mm. made. But oh my god, <laughs> nothing to the imagination. <laughs> like it is on like Donkey Kong, but it's very, very good. It's basically it's quite a it's, it's kind of a satire on um, superheroes, but quite politically, you know, some of the, it's really well done. It's genius. Mm. So and, we, and then we started watching Yellowstone. Have you watched that with Kevin Costner? No, no, that's so, no. our TV watching. Good times. Oh, well, I almost get home in time to see the kids go to school. 
What time did they leave? Uh, they'll be gone by now. It's 8.40. Started early today. Why is that? Sports day? No. Felicity's got her her entrance test to high school today. Oh, she's not... Oh, next year's high school? Next year's high school, yeah. Jeez. She'll be crapping herself. What's an, over, what's overthinking a, it. What's an entrance test? Oh, just to basically put them into the different streams. Uh, yeah, so I would have failed that. Get <laughs> get up in the loser it's a pretty loose stream. I think they've got the, a few classes of clever clogs. Yeah few at the other end <laughs> yeah, that was me. and then the uh everyone else just sort of gets mashed in the middle oh because i failed school miserably and i remember i went back basically i, I left school at maybe 15 and uh i failed fifth form like mm. got nothing mm. and fifth forms year year, year, f- year 11 15 16 yeah, yeah it's your first year that it really matters um no the reason was i never went to school like mm. like i think in fourth form i went to school like oh, i missed like 50 days um and so I remember I went back the beginning of the next year and I'm in the class below. Yeah. <laughs> you just felt like such a dick. <laughs> you just felt like a real loser. <laughs> and then I, I realised I wasn't going to get any better so I left. You know, yeah. I lasted like a month and I was on the yeah. other year. Oh. You know, so that was kind of the end of my, my schooling times. But I've made it. You made it. <laughs> Podcaster, robot yeah. instructor. Exactly. <laughs> you know, school was a, not a good time for me. Um, what's Thomas? What year is he? Uh, Ten. Year or uh, nine. Ten. Yeah, going second to year. Yeah, second year. So next year's the first year important wise. Yeah. Well the, the, everything's crazy this year. They're already doing bloody stuff for next year. He's getting points for next year already. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So yeah. in theory, these days in New Zealand you can basically finish school a year early if you want to if you're really onto it. Oh really? Mm. I wish I, like when I remember taking like as I again, the school was just social for me. Social mm. and trying to pick up girls. Mm. That was that was <laughs> the only reason I was there. No, sport. Sport, social girls. That was the only reason I was at school. And then I remember taking Tyler back to, we did the, the walk through Kashmir, mm-hmm. you know, before she did you know, you'll do that soon, won't you? Mm. Before, yeah. And I just thought, geez, I wish I, I understood the opportunity. Because mm. it's you know, when you if you go with the right attitude, school could be so cool. Mm. You know, because you basically got you know, there'd be some subjects you don't like, but you've got so much opportunity just to explore learning. Mm-hmm. Oh, I might go back next year. Yeah. <laughs> when you go for this, I'll come I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be good at sport. <laughs> good times. Right, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm in Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.